Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Bustler. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Episode 133 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by OPSeat. Head on over to opseat.com and get your fantastic gaming chair. I'm sitting in one right now. Very, very comfortable. Excellent lumbar support. And if you want to get $10 off your chair, use the coupon code run, jump, sit. That's opseat.com, coupon code run, jump, sit. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Uh, make sure that you head on over to twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp so you can catch the live show. Uh, just like these awesome people did, you're going to run into these people. Whenever you go over to twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp, you're going to find Vaxer, uh, Awate86, Bravd is here, Captain Logan, DJ Windrunner, uh, Aerslia, uh, Kimbalina66, Link31254, Marquito, Meat Hooks, Pudding, Shubru, TF Wagner. <laughs> Tub of popcorn. That's a great name. And Vex Stream. Thank you guys for coming to the live show. You are awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, let's start with feedback. Um, I got a tweet from Dan Youster. Youster. Euster. I don't know how to say the name. Uh, but Dan Euster, who is uh, uh, somebody who I see in the Discord uh, some, from time to time. Uh, they said, hey, at Run, Jump, Stomp, I wonder if you had any stories of games you've started playing either for the first time or all over again unexpectedly. I've been playing and loving Breath of the Wild again all because I left my headphones at home and didn't want to play Xenoblade without sound. You know, that's a really good question. It's funny. It happened to me yesterday. Um I was looking through all of my Switch games and I was trying to decide what is it that I wanted to stream today. I really wanted to play Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but I don't feel like that's the best game for streaming just because there's a lot of time where I'm just sitting there watching cutscenes and stuff like that. Um, so I was trying to figure out what I was going to play and I was looking through all my games and, you know, there's a lot of really great Switch games, but none of them were speaking to me yesterday. So I remembered that the night before I was playing Dr. Mario with my wife on our NES Classic and I, I decided to fire up the Super Nintendo Classic, which is hooked up in my streaming room. So I fired it up and I started looking through and, and I just decided I'm just going to play Super Mario. And like I, I hadn't even been thinking about it before. I was just trying to find something to play. And so I started up Super Mario World and I proceeded to have a five hour stream and... <laughs> It's funny, I ran out of time to finish the game, uh, but I had started the game from scratch and played all the way to uh, the last level, and then my wife called me downstairs to say, hey, dinner's done, you goofball. Uh, so I didn't get to finish. So next time that I stream, and it's not the podcast, is going to be another retro stream, and I'll finish up Super Mario World, and uh, I'll 
I think maybe I'll play Yoshi's Island might be the next one. And the only reason I'm playing Yoshi's Island is because it's Super Mario World 2, even though it's not really Super Mario World 2. Um, but I, I like that that you ended up playing Breath of the Wild again just because you didn't have your headphones. That's that's actually pretty funny. Um, other ways that you can get a hold of me, you can leave a voice or a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. And you can also leave an email at runjumpstomp at gmail.com. And let's not forget, the best way to get a hold of me is to talk to all of the awesome people in our Discord over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Let's hit the news. At Super Meat Boy on Twitter, which is the official uh, Super Meat Boy Twitter handle. Um, They said that Super Meat Boy on Switch first day sales came shockingly close to its debut on the Xbox 360 back in 2010. That's nuts. And you know what? They're not wrong. That is pretty incredible. Um, Now, there's, there's a couple reasons why this is really great for the Switch, or at least very telling for how well the Switch is doing. And there's a there's a reason why it's not. So let's let's look at that first reason. First off, when when we look at how many switches have sold so far, uh, and there have been a lot of them, uh, we're we're currently at at the last time that Nintendo has released information. Uh, we're sitting at 10 million switches have been sold worldwide. Now I'm sure that it's actually more than that at this point, and. I really don't have any doubt that Nintendo is going to hit their goal of selling 14 million Switches in their first fiscal year, outpacing the Wii U's entire lifetime sales, which is pretty amazing. Um, We know that the Switch has become the fastest selling console ever in Japan, as well as I think Europe. I'm not sure, but I think I read that the other day. Uh, So that's really good. Now let's talk about Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy came out in 2010. So that's seven years ago. All right. And when it came out, the uh, Xbox 360 had been on shelves since or for five years when it came out. So the Xbox 360 had been on store shelves for five years. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but in that generation of gaming, we're talking the Wii, the Xbox 360, and the PS3, the Xbox 360 reigned supreme. It was the top shelf. It was the big dog. It was the one that was winning. All right. So five years into the life of the 360 with a huge install base compared to the first year of the Switch with a much smaller install base. I mean, the Switch has sold a lot of consoles, but it is a smaller install base and no than the 360 after five years. It would have to be. There's no way that it couldn't be. And the fact that Super Meat Boy sold that well is pretty impressive. That means that people who have the Switch are looking for games and they're not just buying Nintendo games. That's something a lot of people run into on the Switch is that uh, they buy, or, or not a Switch, but for Nintendo consoles, is that, is that they buy Nintendo consoles. And then uh, anecdotally, a lot of people say that they only ever buy Nintendo games on those consoles. 
Well, this is not the first developer that has said that the opening day sales on the Switch for their game has been really, really great compared to other platforms. It looks like uh, people are very excited to play games portably, and it's giving people an excuse to buy games that they may have already bought before because now they can take it with them wherever they go and play it on a fantastic screen. So that's why this is good news. Now, why isn't this amazing news? Well, you got to remember that Super Meat Boy is far more popular now. It's a known property. It's way more popular now than it was when it came out on the 360. When the game came out on the 360, most people probably were like, Super Meat Boy, what the heck is that? Whereas I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't say that Super Meat Boy is a household name, but it's far more common these days. And if you ask most gamers if they've seen or played Super Meat Boy, the answer is probably yes. Uh, Brad says Super Meat Boy was so hard. Uh, it was a very difficult, and, that, and if you haven't played it, basically it is a uh, two-dimensional uh, platformer. You are a, a man made out of meat, and um, as we all are. And uh, you have to run to save your girlfriend, who is uh, basically the personification of bandages from the guy who kidnapped her. And it's just an excuse to jump over giant buzzsaws and try and survive. But it was very, very difficult. And one of the reasons why it was so widely regarded as a great game is because of the incredibly precise controls. Uh, Super Meat Boy had really, really precise controls. And uh, the game required pixel-perfect jumps, so it really motivated players to keep playing and, and get uh, much better. Um, Captain Logan says, uh, thinking we need a dedicated indie section in the eShop. Yeah, that makes sense. The eShop does need an indie section, but then again, at the same time, how do you decide what goes in the indie section and what doesn't? Because a lot of developers may or may not be considered indie. So that's a good question. President of Nintendo, Tatsumi Kimishima, uh, has said that the Switch is a console with a long lifespan. Uh, this is from Business Insider. Uh, he was talking to, oh gosh, who was it that he was talking to? It doesn't say, it just says in the interview uh, that he mentioned, oh no, no, it was with Japanese new newspaper uh, Minichi. Um, so he said that the second year of the console is crucial and that the, the console has a long lifespan. And, you know, it's very interesting because the Wii U, I almost said just Wii, the Wii U felt like it had a really, really short lifespan. It was cut off and it was cut off for good reason. It wasn't doing very well. It wasn't selling very well. The games on it weren't selling great. And that's because there were so few of them out there. You know, I really enjoyed having the Wii U. I think that there's a lot of fantastic games that were on it, but the 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 it's a dark time for Nintendo. And so having to go from that, I, I almost feel like if they didn't have a console with a long lifespan, it would be another mistake. Um, because they already kind of had people go back to the well. So people who bought the Wii U, you know, 
after not a long period of time, I was a five years, I think maybe four years. I can't remember off the top of my head, but to, to have to turn around and buy another Nintendo console, that's kind of a big ask. And to turn around and do it again right away. Uh, and, and when I say right away, I mean, after only a couple of years, I think that that would be an even bigger ask. So I think it's good that they're, that Nintendo were saying, look, the switch is doing well. The switch is doing phenomenal. And uh, we're going to be supporting this thing for a long time. Now, would they be doing this if uh, if it didn't sell well? Of course not. They wouldn't. But they, they also wouldn't mention it either. They wouldn't say, well, it's going to have a short lifespan because that would cut it off at the knees. Uh, so I, I almost feel like this is an answer that it doesn't really clarify anything. And it certainly doesn't clarify the questions that we want to know. But what do we usually see from Nintendo when they have a console with a quote-unquote long lifespan. We usually see revisions, and mostly in the handheld space. And I know that Nintendo says that the uh, Nintendo Switch is a home console first that you can take with you. I disagree. I personally think of it as a portable console that I can easily hook up to the TV. And for the most part, with Nintendo uh, portables, they have revisions. And... Mike, my, my uh, question for you, and you guys can let me know in one of the ways that I mentioned earlier, uh, is what kind of revisions would you like to see for the Nintendo Switch? A lot of people are going to say, well, they want a more powerful console. And there's a couple of reasons why that would be a bad idea. First off, a more powerful console would cause the um, battery to drain faster. And one of the things that a lot of people complained about when the Switch first came out is that it has a short battery life. I disagree with that. Uh, it depends, of course, on what game you're playing, but I've never had my Switch run out of battery, mostly because I play it most of the time docked. Um, but when I play portable, I just I don't tend to play it for hours uh, at a time. If I'm going to play it for hours at a time, I usually plug it into uh, the dock and play it that way. Um, so adding more power would dev devastate the battery. Um, what do they got to do in order to add more power? Well, then they'd have to be make a bigger battery. And one of the first things that I noticed about the switch when it came out on March 3rd, I got it out of the package and I was like, I was really surprised at how heavy it was like that thing is dense. You do not want to add more weight to it. So I don't think that would be a good idea either. Now, some people will say that they want it to be bigger. They want a bigger screen. I know that my son, uh, there was a game, I can't remember what game it was, but it was available on uh, the Switch, and it was also available on iPad. And my son said that he wanted it on iPad because that has a bigger screen. So, I, yeah, there's, there's people out there who want to have a Switch with a bigger screen, and I understand that. However, a bigger screen means a bigger battery and I also feel like the Joy-Cons are just about the right size and if I had to make them any longer I think that that would ruin them like they wouldn't feel quite right and not having the screen size the same size as the Joy-Cons I feel like that would be balanced really weird so I don't think that that's uh, something that I would want to have in a hardware revision of the Switch. Uh, TF Wagner says Bluetooth audio. Uh, Bluetooth audio that makes some sense. 
You know, uh, that's something that I think that they should have had from from the get go. Although, is that something that they can't just patch in with firmware? That's something that I don't know off the top of my head. Putting in chat says a dock with nothing covering the screen. I I don't understand why Nintendo designed the dock to cover the screen the way it is. I think it was a big mistake. And I, well, okay. It was a big mistake. I've, I've profited from it because my wife sells dock socks, a thing to decorate the front of your dock, um, on her Etsy shop. But yeah, I don't get why they decided to do that. Just, you know, just have it so that you slide it in and there's nothing covering the front. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Captain Logan says next revision should drop the IR sensor in the Joy-Con. I get what you're saying, Captain Logan, but I believe it was Kimishima who specifically said that uh, we would we should expect to get more use out of the HD rumble features and the IR sensor in the Joy-Con. So I don't think that that's something that they would get rid of. Plus, if there's a game that they do make that takes advantage of that, like let's say one, two switch, that would mean that it wouldn't be compatible with future versions. And that would really upset people if they bought switch uh, pro or uh, switch XL or whatever it is that, that Nintendo would call it. And then they would say, well, I can't play this game on this switch. And that just creates confusion for the buyer. I don't think that Nintendo would ever take away features, only add new features. Um, uh, Captain Logan says, next generation of system chip. The only reason that I would want a next generation of system chip would be to make the battery life last longer. I wouldn't want it to be more powerful. I, I feel like the Switch is at the right power level. The games that I play on it look fantastic. Could they look better? Sure. But... What would be better is if you could uh, get that same level of how of performance uh, while using less battery. And that's what the next generation of uh, system chip could do. Anyway, what are your ideas for what should Nintendo do for the next revision of the Switch? I know that we're, we're um, less than a year into the cycle, but... I'm just, you know, it just kind of came up in my head while I was talking about uh, Kimishima's comments. Uh, so, oh, that should be like a Nintendo thing. Kimishima's comments, that should be a thing. Nintendo, get on it. Uh, kind of like uh, Iwata asks. All right, let's move on. Well, excuse me, princess. So what have I been up to since the last time we recorded? Well, I finished my review for Chroma Gun for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the game comes out on the 22nd as will my uh, re my full review on YouTube. I'm currently under NDA, so I can't talk about the game yet because it's not out yet. Uh, but expect that whatever podcast, uh, which, whichever episode comes out right after the 22nd of January, uh, I'll give you guys my like a, a short review on the podcast. And if you want to watch the full review, just head on over to youtube.com slash run jump stomp. Uh, I also played... Um, about five hours of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I think, since the last time I played. That game is really great. I've had so much fun with it. Uh, the combat system just keeps adding layer after layer, and I'm having a lot of fun uh, playing that. Uh, it was funny. My wife was watching uh, this show on, on uh, Netflix 
the toys that made us and i'm a couple episodes ahead of her on that so i was because i watch it in the morning while i ride my bike uh not a real bike don't worry uh, but I watched it in the morning while I ride my bike. So I was a couple episodes ahead. And so she was in the bedroom watching uh, that show. And I would just grab my, in this one of the times where I played my Switch portably, I just grabbed the Switch, grabbed my headphones, sat down next to her, and I was playing Xenoblade while she was uh, watching that show. And I, you know, we were both in, you know, doing different things. But because the Switch is portable, I'm able to bring it with me and uh, hang out with my wife even while I'm playing a game and she's watching a show. So that's one of the great things about the Switch. And I think it's one of the reasons why people are rebuying games that they've already bought. Not that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, works for that. Uh, the last thing that I've done is yesterday I did a Twitch stream where I started from scratch and I played through almost all of um, Super Mario World. I'm going to play some more uh, soon and uh, finish that up. But uh, man, I forgot what a great game that was too. Like Super Mario World is fantastic. Really, really great. In the lightning round, I usually don't talk too much about the story. I've got three stories for the lightning round today. Uh, first off, we've got Scribblenauts Showdown is coming to all three consoles, Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like the Scribblenauts games, but I think it's because of where you play them. Like, it's a game where typing in text is important. And I don't want to type in text on the Switch. I mean, yes, on the Switch would be easier than typing in on the PS4 or Xbox One, but I don't want to type in text on a screen. I would much rather play a game like Scribblenauts at my computer. And if you don't know what Scribblenauts is... It's this game where you can type in things and objects will appear in the world for you to manipulate, which is kind of cool. It's a really neat concept, but the idea of typing in on my on a touchscreen device is just not something that I want to do. Uh, Saturday morning RPG. Thank you to Bravd for posting this right before the show started. Um, Saturday morning RPG uh, is coming to the Switch with both physical and digital in spring 2018. If you've never played this, it's a game very much like uh, Super Mario RPG uh, in like the way the gameplay is. However, it's it's uh, really more about poking fun at pop culture of the 80s. Uh, finally, the last story for the lightning round is that Netflix says that they are working on a deal with Nintendo, but there's nothing to report yet. That's fine. All right, so we got Captain Logan, who has been on the show before, and he's a nice guy, and he's calling in, and he wants to talk about what? What is it that you want to talk about, sir? Well, I uh, just got a notification that uh, Walmart is going to be pre-ordering the Detective Pikachu Amiibos, and I'm excited for this because, well, I love Pokemon, and this game seems interesting enough, uh, even though it's not coming on the Switch, but this is probably one of the biggest Amiibo that we're going to be getting uh, outside of the giant uh, Yarn Yoshis. And I was just curious to talk to you about the price, uh, the size versus the cost of the game for the 3DS and 
just kind of what the state of Amiibo is going to be like in 2018. Uh, okay, so first off, I mean, Nintendo said when they first started um, coming up with the Amiibo is that an Amiibo can be anything that they, you know, they can throw an NFC chip in a card, they can throw it in a, a, a yarn fuzzy guy like Yoshi, or they can make a giant, uh, I believe that the detective pikachu what is it like uh seven inches tall compared to like the usual four inches tall of the regular amiibo am i right about that i believe so the last image i saw was in centimeters and unfortunately i live in america where i don't i don't understand that concept (laughs) well uh as a science teacher i will tell you this that um uh, centimeters are better but that's okay uh so yeah i think it was about seven inches tall which is really huge and my my only I guess my, I don't want to say gripe, but my, I guess the question that jumps to mind is why did they choose this Amiibo to make the big one? It's not like they added any extra detail to it. Usually when you make an Amiibo bigger, it's because you want to add extra detail and make it really cool looking. Whereas this is just, just bigger, but no extra detail. Uh, So I found it kind of strange So I was thinking about that as well, and I think the reason behind it has more to do with giving kids a bigger size toy to hold on to while they're playing the game, because it feels like Detective Pikachu is going to be a companion to you helping solve these mysteries, and they wanted to have kids with a larger toy. Uh, whether it's worth $30 is where I kind of bring the question in when you're buying a $40 game and a $30 Amiibo, you've got a $70 price tag. Uh, is that worth it compared to the 12 to 15 we're typically seeing with Amiibo? Yeah, I, I guess the, the one thing that makes me, that it makes me think of is, you know, usually they're 12 to $13 and they're more than doubling the price. And, I don't know what you're paying for there. Whenever I I don't have a problem with Amiibo. A lot of people are like, well, the, the, you know, they're not worth it. And I'm like, well, but I think that they look cool and I like having them on a shelf and being able to use them in game is just a bonus for me. And, and that's really where I stand on Amiibo. I don't go out and get uh, Amiibo because they have certain functionality in the game. That's not, that's not why I pick them up. I pick up the ones that I have uh, because of, I like the figure and I think it looks cool. So them making a bigger one is cool, but I think the price uh, quickly outpaced what it's worth. I think maybe $20 would have been a better a better price tag for something like this, especially because they didn't add any detail and there's like no articulation in the, in the statue either. A lot of times when you buy... Uh, expensive statues, and I think thirty dollars is expensive for a uh, for a statue like this. Uh, you you know they usually have like articulation, so you can pose them, or they have a lot of detail in them. And uh, I, I think that what they've done here is a mistake. Especially, you said it was thirty dollars for a, for the amiibo, right? Yeah, yeah, thirty for the amiibo, and then forty for the game. Um, and you bring up a really good point, which I think I would like to see in future amiibo, which is articulation. We don't get very much in current amiibo outside of the Guardian for Breath of the Wild, which is probably one of the best amiibo that I've ever seen. 
Yeah, and how much did that cost? I think it was I think it was twenty four twenty two dollars. I could be wrong. I'm blanking on it, but I wanna say yeah, it was probably around twenty twenty five, which was pretty pretty reasonable for the size of it plus the articulation and the functionality. Yeah, I've got it sitting on the shelf behind me. If I move my head, people can see it. It's attacking my weather station. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, $30 is too much. And, um, you know, I wasn't, I, I'm not interested in picking up the uh, the game, but I certainly won't be spending $30 on a giant Pikachu amiibo. Does, here's the next question. Does it register to the game as a different amiibo than a regular Pikachu amiibo because I know I've got multiple Mario amiibos and when I scan them in some games will recognize it as a different one and some of them will just be like oh it's a Mario amiibo I don't think I've read anything so far that mentions any difference between the Smash Brothers Pikachu or any of the other Pokemon compared to the Detective Pikachu the only thing I've read so far is is that it unlocks videos that you've already unlocked so that you can view them again which doesn't really sell me on on any kind of reason to buy it outside of just the figure itself yeah i think from for the most part nintendo has been always about saying um the amiibo well okay i uh, there's going to be people who yell at me about metroid here but for the most part i feel like nintendo has been been saying these are collectibles that also unlock stuff not dlc that's also a collectible uh and it's you know it's a it's a weird it's a weird way to look at it it's it's just like nintendo saying that the switch is a uh a console that's a that you can take with you and i say it's a portable that you can plug into the tv it's you know you say tomato i say tomato yeah i i agree i usually buy the amiibo for the figure purposes of it because i have them nicely displayed in cases and the Metroid Amiibo is case in point. It was an extra hard mode that they locked behind buying the two pack, which a lot of people had a lot of uh, initial problems with. I haven't heard anyone ex- say that they've actually used the Amiibo to unlock it yet. A lot of people had trouble just getting through the current game, let alone the hard mode that's in it or the extra hard mode unlocked by the Amiibo. Yeah. Well, I'm curious as to what the audience thinks. What do you guys think about um, the price of the Pikachu Amiibo? So make sure that you email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. And Captain Logan, where is it people can locate you, sir? Uh, You guys can always tweet me your thoughts on it, too, at uh, C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter. Uh, I'm also streaming on Twitch as well. I'd love to talk more about this and how amiibo are going to be coming into us uh third party amiibos first party amiibos articulated huge ones i would love a plush pikachu that's really big but yeah like like a body pillow size pikachu no well uh, more <laughs> yeah not, i don't think my wife would approve of the body pikachu she might but i'd be satisfied with just a giant pikachu yarn amiibo I was thinking for kids. I wasn't thinking for you, but that's okay. Thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for having me, Bill. Bye. And that's how it's done, everybody. All you got to do is be here for the live stream, be a regular, and then call in and tell me what you think. And it's always fun to have uh, conversations from you guys uh, or or thoughts from you guys. Because he he said, uh, I'd like you to talk about Detective Pikachu. And I said, I don't know what to say about that, man. I don't have any opinion on it. Um, 
but I guess maybe I do. Uh, Aerislea in chat says, my friend got Bowser Build-A-Bear and was considering putting an amiibo base in the foot. Oh my God, Aerislea, you have absolutely just come up with a new uh, revenue stream for Nintendo. Have um, Build-A-Bear... whatever they are, like the, I guess the skins, which sounds gross, <laughs> but have the skins have an NFC chip already in them, which then you can buy at Build-A-Bear. Look at that right there. Nintendo, that one's free courtesy of Aerslia. All right. Hey, listen. Well, everybody, that is all the time that we have for today. If there's a topic that I missed or a, or something that you want discussed, please let me know at one of the ways that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you're looking for ways to support the show, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash support. You'll find a link to my Patreon, my wife's Etsy shop, uh, as well as my Amazon affiliate link. Uh, special thanks to Tom Winter and Noteblock for the use of your music on the show. You guys are awesome. Make sure that you head on over to their YouTube channels and subscribe to them. And speaking of YouTube, make sure you head on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Hit a subscribe over there and you'll get notifications when I go live. Don't forget to click on that little bell so you get the notifications. Anyway, I'm out of here and I will see you guys on Thursday. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show.